بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين له النعمة وله الفضل وله الثناء الحسن والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه الطيبين الطاهرين الميامين أما بعد يقول الله سبحانه وتعالى اعلموا أنما الحياة الدنيا لعب ولهو وزينة وتفاخر بينكم وتكاثر في الأموال والأولاد صدق الله مولانا العظيم وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إن الدنيا حلوة خضرة أو كما قال النبي عليه الصلاة والسلام أما بعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Respected elders and seniors, brothers and sisters in Islam Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us this life in this world and there is a beginning and there's an end. And the most important part is us ensuring that we leave this world with secure iman and with our deen and iman in Allah and His Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam fully intact. Many times we see if there's a race or there's a particular purpose or a goal that is in front of an individual and he loses focus of his goal and he's distracted from side to side with various temptations if he's in a race, for example, he might lose his position or he might lose the race completely. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in a well-authenticated hadith in Sahih al-Bukhari gave an example of how the life of a human being is and he drew on the ground in the sand a square and there was a line drawn from the bottom line which protruded the upper line of the square and alongside this he drew small lines and arrows pointing towards the, the middle line. And he explained the meaning of this diagram and this example which he was presenting to his companions. He said, this is the life of a human being. And the lifespan of this individual is the line going from the bottom. Or he is actually his ambitions and plans through his life continues. And it even passes the point where his life is going to end. He's planning beyond that. And the lines alongside them, these small lines, are the challenges and the tests which will be placed in the life of this individual, the distractions in his life. So the life of this dunya, respected brothers and sisters in Islam, is a life of distractions. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the verse which I recited before you, the various phases in the life of a human being, alongside with it the challenges and the distractions which come with it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, اِعْلَمُوا أَنَّمَا الْحَيَاةُ الدُّنْيَا لَعِبٌ the first phase of the life of this world is one of games and playing. The distraction is through a playful activities which children normally engage in. وَلَهُونَ and diversions. وَزِينَةٌ Then there's a phase of beautifying oneself and a physical attraction. وَتَفَاخُرٌ بَيْنَكُمْ And then also boasting and vying with one another in excelling in the accomplishments of the things of this world. وَتَكَاثُرٌ فِي الْأَمْوَالِ وَالْأَوْلَادِ And then there is the rivalry between people with regards to the abundance of wealth or the abundance of their children and offspring. So this life, respected brothers and sisters in Islam, is a life of distractions. And amongst the many distractions we have, one important one which we need to focus on, which I wish to address today, is the one of a person being discontented with the situation he finds himself in. Contentment, and on the other hand, we have discontentment. Amongst the distractions of the things of this world is sometimes difficulty and trials which we face. So when this dunya rears its ugliness and you go through some 
tough time in your life, then remind yourself that this is the dunya. The reality is coming in the akhirah. The dunya, dunya was never meant to be a place of complete comfort and perpetual bliss and happiness. This is why Sayyidina Ali karramallahu wajhahu, he used to sit one side in the masjid and address the dunya saying, Ya dunya ghurri ghayri, O dunya go and try and deceive someone else other than me. Qad batattuki thalathan, I have given you three talaqs. In Arabic the word dunya is feminine, so he addresses it as if the dunya was a spouse of his and he says, I have divorced you, do not try to delude me or deceive me in any way. So this distraction, respected brothers in Islam, the distraction of the things of this dunya, is what makes a person, deprives a person from enjoying the moment that he is experiencing at this time. And there's an anecdote which the scholars have written of an individual who went to, he wanted to know what the meaning of happiness was. So he was told, go to this learned scholar, pious scholar who lives near to the palace of the king. He went and the scholar told him, okay, have you taken a tour of the palace? Have you seen the beautiful adornments in and around it? He said, no. So, Maaf, can you just perform your salah to the side, brother? To the side, not in front. Jazakumullah khairah. So, <clears throat> the, 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 the scholar tells him that uh, take a walk and look at the palace and the, be- the, the, the adornment they're in, but just uh, when you come back, you tell me how it was, and I need you to take this teaspoon, and if the scholar filled it with olive oil. So he said, go with the, with the teaspoon and ensure you don't drop any of the oil, and then you come back and we'll discuss about the definition of happiness. So he goes around and he comes back and he asks the sheikh, okay, so what is happiness? The sheikh asks him, leave the happiness. Did you enjoy your tour? Did you enjoy the sightseeing of the palace? So he said, there was no sightseeing. I was watching the oil all the time. I was worried about not spilling your oil. You wanted me to bring it back all intact. So he said, this is what I wanted you to understand. That your concern over something which potentially could go wrong deprived you of the happiness of the moment, which was the adornment and the beauty which you could have experienced if you are not looking at that which was, not in your, which, was, which was out of your control, potentially out of your control if it spilled. So sometimes in our lives, we are so obsessed and worried about what might happen, what might not happen, the moment that we are living, we are deprived of. We are deprived of the happiness of the moment. This is why in the hadith it is mentioned, it is the saying of Sayyidina Ali and Imam al-Hassan al-Basri rahimahullah, he says, dunya thalathatu ayyam. There are three days in your life, respected brothers and sisters. Yawmu amsin mada, yesterday has passed, you cannot change it. Wayawmu ghadin, fala tadri tudrikuhu amla, and tomorrow is coming, you do not know if you will see tomorrow. Wayawmun anta fihi faghtanimhu, you have today. Take advantage of that day and fa'mal fihi, and do the actions required for today. So our modern-day lifestyle, respected brothers and sisters in Islam, it encourages a person to be distracted with these various distractions, which results in us not enjoying the life that we have. And amongst those distractions, we have various forms of things which attract us, whether it be consumerism or the adverts we see calling us to various types of, of food and meals and enjoyment. And this instills, it, it triggers within a person because it affects the senses of a human being. So it triggers within him that internal greed which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created within us. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa says in a hadith, Yashibbu ibn Adam, the children of Adam, they grow old. خصلتان, and there are two qualities which grow old with him. So the man's age increases and with his age increasing, there are two qualities also and characteristics increasing in him. And it's not his teeth and his hair because those decrease. But it is greed and 
الحرص وطول الامل the desire to live for a long period of time planning for a long period of time not even knowing that he will not live to see tomorrow so we develop this fake feeling of living eternally in this world and then with that fake feeling we've got the plans and ambitions with regards to things that we don't have control over rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said in a hadith narrated by imam at-tirmidhi law kana li ibn if the son of adam alayhi salam this human being had a valley of gold la ahabba an yakuna lahu thaniyan he would wish that he has a second valley and if he had two he would wish he had three but the only thing that will fill his belly will be the sand of the grave. The sand of the grave will fill the stomach of this individual. And this is why we are taught, Imam al-Shafi'i rahimahullah, he says, many times people think that they would work throughout their lives and they'll reach a point where they can retire and rest. Nobody rests in this dunya, respected brothers. Imam al-Shafi'i says, if you want to rest, he says, I'll give you the solution. He said, I killed my greed and my ambition to acquire that which is beyond my means and beyond my ability. I killed that greed within me nafsi, and I allowed myself to have raha and peace of mind. I was at ease. I was resting. So you can be young or old, but content with that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given, Allah will give you happiness and contentment. Because most certainly, if the ruh and the heart of a person constantly is greedy to acquire more and more, most certainly he will reach a point where he humiliates himself and degrades himself. And he said, I revived contentment within my heart. For most certainly, by reviving contentment and being pleased with what Allah has given for me and destined for me, there is protection for my honor and my dignity. So discontentment and to be discontent with, this is something found generally in human beings. We all have sometimes complaints. Some, in fact, in Arabic they say, uh, When it is summer and it is hot, then the man wants it to cool down. He wants winter. And when winter comes, he says, I wish we had those nice warm summer days. A person is not constantly happy with being in one state and one condition. And he says, Sometimes the young wish that they were older so that they could do things which they see the adults doing. And the old man wishes that he was still young and sometimes behaves as if he is much younger than he actually is. So respected brothers, this discontentment which sometimes is, develops in our hearts, it could be a result of heedlessness and a person's inability to identify his or her own beauties, that which Allah had given you. Allah had blessed you with valuable qualities and potential. So when a person doesn't look at what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given him, then he would look at what somebody else has. He doesn't look at the beautiful wife that Allah has blessed him with. He doesn't look at the beautiful car Allah has given him, but he looks at somebody else's thing. So he's not focused he does not have qana'ah and contentment with that, so he's never satisfied. Sometimes you'll find, uh, as parents, you go to a place and you see other people's children behaving like really respectfully, and you think, hey, I wish my children were also like that. But respected brother and sister, your children are perfect for you. Your children are perhaps not perfect according to the standard of another family, but for you, Allah has made them perfect. And Imam Abu al-Hasan al-Shadili, rahimahullah, 
He says that if a Muslim understands that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most beautiful, he is the creator, he is the beautiful and the perfect, and we look at everything in this world as it being the creation of Allah, then we will identify everything as beautiful and perfect because it is a creation and attributed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the way out of this, respected brothers and sisters, is for us not to become slaves of our senses because the senses are used to stimulate and to trigger the internal greed which is found within the heart of a human being. Imam Abu Hamid al-Ghazali, rahimahullah, the great Imam of Islam, he says, Ya Khadim al-Jismi, kam tas'a li khidmatihi? O servant of his body, the one who is continuously looking after his body, how much are you making an effort to look after and protect your body, which is good? But how much are you going to spend of your time taking care of your body? Do you wish to acquire benefit and profit from that which will decay one day? And he further says, Turn your attention to your heart and to your ruh and to your soul and acquire the virtue thereof. Perfect your ruh and make your ruh strong. Because most certainly you are a human being not because of your body but because of your ruh and your soul. So make an effort on your soul and, and strengthen yourself spiritually taking care of your body as well which is a sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa but ensuring that you are using that body of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which Allah has blessed you with to appreciate what you have at this moment and prepare for the akhirah. So when we are not content respected brothers in Islam Greed sets into us and we start worrying. We become obsessed about the future. We start obsessive planning about the future. Now in Sharia to plan for the future is not prohibited. But becoming obsessed with your plan is lamentable. Becoming obsessed with one's plan. It's like a person who takes a seed and he, he plants the seed in the ground and then he sits and he looks at the ground waiting for something to happen. We all say that that person might not be mentally stable because we know that there, there's a certain point that you've planned, you, you did what you needed to do and this is what Nabi Sallallahu taught us use the means that Allah has given you and place your trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so when a person becomes so obsessed, he is worried and concerned all the time and Rasulullah Sallallahu then warns us of, in fact he taught us a particular dua, it's a lesson a hadith which is in the form of a dua. But in it, Rasulullah teaches us how a person falls into a destructive cycle of worry and sadness. It's a famous dua. And may Allah give us tawfiq to learn the dua. The words are, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-hammi wal-hazan. Oh Allah, I seek protection from worry and sadness. Wa a'udhu bika min al-ajzi wal-kasal. And oh Allah, I seek protection from inability and laziness. وَأَعُوذُ بِكَ مِنَ الْجُبْنِ وَالْبُخْلِ And I seek protection against miserliness and cowardice. And lastly, وَأَعُوذُ بِكَ مِنْ غَلَبَةِ الدَّيْنِ وَقَهْرِ الرِّجَالِ Oh Allah, I seek protection against overwhelming debt and the dominance of people over me. So how does this relate to what we are talking about? When a person is constantly worried about what is happening in what's going to happen in, in future and how is he going to handle the affairs of the future. Constantly he is trying to ensure that he needs to make a plan and he is obsessed with this particular planning and he is unable to achieve what he is planning. In fact, in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, Al-Hakum takathur that you abandon multiplying and calculating and working out 
is what made you oblivious of your heading towards the Qabr until you visit the cemetery and the Qabrstan. How sad it is today, respected brothers, even in the Qabrstan we don't remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we're talking about everything else. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala soften our hearts. In any case, a person is so overwhelmed with worry and concern about his plans that he becomes sad. So Rasulullah sallallahu said, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-hammi wal-hazan. I ask Allah protection from becoming sad and so obsessed that I'm now so worried and grieving about what is to happen in the future. And through this dua we are taught to get rid of this type of feelings. Free our heart of these worries and stress. Because through this type of worry and stress, sometimes this triggers sickness as well. Heart disease, sometimes a person's blood pressure goes up because he's constantly worried about what might happen. Like the oil in the teaspoon, which could perhaps fall out of the hand of the person carrying the teaspoon. Perhaps something could go wrong. And he's constantly worried of this. He's overwhelmed with negativity and he's frustrated. He doesn't know what to do. When a person reaches the stage, you see automatically he falls into the next pair of things which Nabi Wasallam mentioned. Ajaz wal kasal. Now he feels, I'm unable, no, I can't do anything. I, I, I mean, I lost out, it went bad, this deal went bad, I can't do anything. And he becomes lethargic and lazy. And he doesn't want to excel. And when he, when he reaches a stage, he's now focusing on the limited resources he has, but the unlimited worries that he's placed in his mind for the future. He's got unlimited worries and limited resources. And those resources eventually will come to an end. They will, they, they will perish. So when he is trying to secure and protect the little that he has, he's worried about, he's not doing anything, he's not proactive, he's not investing in his future properly, consulting with people of particular fields which could benefit him. He now develops the next two qualities, Jubun and Bukhal. He moves into the next phase, phase that Rasulullah taught us in this dua. He becomes stingy and miserly. And he becomes a coward. Coward meaning that he is afraid to take a step forward to try to lift himself out of the sad state of mental, of burying himself mentally in his grief and sorrows, that he is stuck like in a, in a qabr in this world while he is alive, he is afraid to take the next step. He is afraid to ask for help. He is afraid to take help from anyone. And he is afraid to spend whatever little that he does have. And eventually when that perishes and it comes to an end, he is going to have to borrow from someone. So now he needs to maintain his life. He still has those worries. He is going to borrow from people. And when he borrows... Now his choices become limited and restricted. Because when a person is borrowing in Sharia is allowed. On condition that the person intends to pay back the loan that he has taken. On condition that he is borrowing, knowing how he is going to pay. Nowadays, we've got some strange arrangements in our communities, in the Muslim Ummah. People borrow money, and then when the, the, the sahibul haq, the person of the haq asks, can I get my money? He says, inshallah, I'm going for Umrah, I'll make a tawaf and I'll make dua for you. Brother, when you needed money, he didn't give you a dua in tawaf. He needed his money. So we, we try to escape the rights of others by a superficial image of piety or a superficial image of deen which is not what Rasulullah taught us. In fact, we are taught in Sharia. If a person is falling behind in his debt, he cannot undertake the journey of Hajj until he takes permission from the people that he owes. Let alone going for holidays and all those things. So when a person falls into debt, he first becomes sad. The whole cycle that Nabi mentions, he is sad, he becomes miserable, then he becomes lazy and lethargic, then he becomes stingy, he doesn't want to spend, then he falls into debt because he's borrowing to maintain his living standard. And now he cannot repay the debts. So now he is, he is limited in his movement because he's scared. If he's going to go for holiday and somebody years, they're going to say, why are you going for holiday? Pay. 
Pay the money that you owe me. Or somebody sees him shopping lavishly and they tell him, why are you shopping here? Just pay our debts and you can enjoy yourself. So everything of his is limited and restricted because of him in engaging and indulging in debt. So the choices are limited. And when the choices become limited and the person is unable to move freely, he becomes sad and worried again. So that's the vicious cycle starts all over again. It goes back to sadness and it just repeats itself continuously. And Nabi Wasallam taught us, make this dua. Oh Allah, protect us from all these phases of a recurring type of sadness and grief which affects the heart of a human being. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us the solution and which we could call the Quranic cure of contentment. The first is that we learn from the teachings of Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the Quranic kareem from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and I will just run through them because time is at a premium. Live without expectations. We are taught by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to show gratitude to those who are kind to us. But we do not attach our heart or look with a greedy eye towards the bounties that Allah has blessed other people with. We make dua for them and if we want we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but do not stretch that eye. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in the hadith, Izhat fi dunya, display abstinence in the things of dunya, yuhibbuk Allah, Allah will love you. Wazhat fi ma inda nas, and exercise abstinence from the things in the possession of others, people will love you. Do not hanker after the things in the possession of other people. Turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if you do need. The second thing for contentment, so the first is, to be content in this world, we learn from the teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu live without expectations. Do something sincerely for Allah. Don't expect somebody to tell you thank you or jazakallah. If they do, alhamdulillah. If not, I did it for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then we won't be disappointed. We won't become depressed and feel unappreciated. The second thing is, this, as they say in English, discover the giant in you. Discover the, the, the gem that Allah has placed in each and every one of you respected brothers and sisters in Islam. Today we live a life of despondency and we say everybody feels hopeless. We're only talking of bad news. Each and every person sitting here and each and every person that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed in the dunya has the potential of becoming somebody much greater and much more valuable. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa gave an example in a hadith. He said, ma'adin." The example of people is like that of mines. Gold mines. The, more you, the deeper you go, the more you get the resources and the valuable things from, the, from this earth. The more we will look inside and see what Allah has given us and thank Allah for it. Enjoy and appreciate the moment and the bounties Allah has given us now. The more Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will show us his bounty and his favor. And he will bless us with favors that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has kept in his treasures. And the third point and the third lesson. So the first is to live without expectations. That will make us content and remove the quality of, of being discontent with the, the, what we have. Try to see what it is that Allah. Look at the favors that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you. Find that valuable person that is inside you. And make an effort to bring that person out. So it can benefit the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and mankind at large. And the third is, do not depend on your planning. There is something in Islam which we call qadr, taqdeer divine destiny in the plan of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Imam Ibn Ata'illah al-Sakandari is one of the famous scholars of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah he's got a famous uh, quotation and he says سوابق الهمم لا تسبق أسوار القدر which means always remember that it doesn't matter how zealous you are and how much zeal and enthusiasm you have whatever you're going to do will be within the framework of the taqdeer that Allah has kept for you so piercing zeals 
are still surrounded by the walls of divine decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whatever will happen, Allah kan, whatever Allah wills will happen. So constantly linked our hearts to Allah. We plan and we do whatever we can within moderation and then leave it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the last point for contentment, respected brothers, may Allah give me and all of us the ability to practice on this. Love those people that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala placed in your life. Love those parents that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala kept in your life. Enjoy the moments with them. Love that wife and husband that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen for you. Love those children that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enjoy them. That will create and instill contentment in your heart by appreciating this bounty of Allah. Allah says, لَإِن شَكَرْتُمْ لَأَزِيدَنَّكُمْ We always hear this verse. Showing gratitude to the bounty of Allah, Allah will increase. So when you show Allah, I love this wife, I love this husband, I love these children. There might be defects in my children, there's defects in myself, there's defects in my spouse. But I love them because Allah has chosen them for me. Allah is perfect and Allah's, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's decree is perfect. If we do this insha'Allah, we hope from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that our hearts will become content. There will be less hasad and jealousy and enmity towards one another, wishing to acquire and achieve or wishing other people to be deprived of the bounties that they are enjoying. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala purify our hearts and grant us contentment and let us leave this world in a way that he is pleased with us and that we are shown respect in front of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on the day of Qiyamah wa akhiru da'wana and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر أشهد أن لا إله إلا أشهد أن محمد رسول الله أشهد أن محمد رسول
ฮะอัลลอฮฺอัลกบรอัลลอฮฺอัลกบรอัลลอฮฺอัลกบรอัลลอฮฺอัลกบรอัลลอฮฺอัลกบรอัลลอฮฺอัลกบรอัลลอ
حتى لا تقع في فتنة الزمان أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم فاتقوا الله ما استطعتم واسمعوا وأطيعوا وأنفقوا خيرا لأنفسكم ومن يوق شح نفسه فأولئك هم المفلحون بارك الله لنا ولكم في القرآن العظيم ونفعنا وإياكم بما فيه من الآيات والذكر الحكيم أقول قولي هذا وأستغفر الله العظيم لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين من كل ذنب فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين له النعمة وله الفضل وله الثناء الحسن صلوات الله البر الرحيم والملائكة المقربين على سيدنا ونبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وعلى آله وصحبه الطيبين الطاهرين وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا محمدًا عبده ورسوله أما بعد أيها المسلمون اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون واعلموا أن الله سبحانه وتعالى قد أمرنا بأمر عظيم أمرنا بالصلاة والسلام على نبيه الكريم فقال عز وجل إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل وسلم وزد وبارك وتحنن وترحم على حبيبنا وسيدنا محمد طب القلوب ودوائها وعافية الأبدان وشفائها ونور الأبصار وضيائها وعلى آله وصحبه الطيبين الطاهرين الميامين خصوصا على الخلفاء الراشدين المهديين أبي بكر وعمر وعثمان وعلي رضي الله عنهم وعن سائر الصحابة والتابعين والأئمة الأربعة المجتهدين أبي حنيفة ومالك والشافعي وابن حنبلي وسادات علمائنا المحققين وعنا معهم برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم اغفر لنا وارحمنا وارض عنا وتقبل منا وأدخلنا الجنة ونجنا من النار وأصلح لنا شأننا كله اللهم اشف مرضانا ومرضى المسلمين اللهم اشف مرضانا ومرضى المسلمين اللهم رب الناس أذهب البأس اشف أنت الشافي لا شفاء إلا شفاؤك شفاء لا يغادر سقما اللهم انصر المسلمين المظلومين المستضعفين في كل مكان يا رب العالمين اللهم أيدهم بتأييدك وانصرهم على أعدائك أعداء الدين وشتت شمل أعداء المسلمين اللهم مزق جمعهم وغرق سفنهم اللهم أهلكهم كما أهلك تعادا وثمود وخذهم أخذ عزيز مقتدر ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا واغفر لنا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله العلي العظيم يذكركم ودعوه يستجب لكم ولذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون قوموا إلى صلاتكم يرحمكم الله Kindly fill in the gaps on the sides of the masjid Brothers can kindly come forward and Signal to the brothers in the back if there is space. There's sufficient space in the masjid, alhamdulillah.
الله أكبر بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين آمين بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم سبح اسم ربك الأعلى الذي خلق فسوى والذي قدر فهدى والذي أخرج المرعى فجعله غثاء أحوى سنقرئك فلا تنسى إلا ما شاء الله إنه يعلم الجهر وما يخفى ونيسرك لليسرى فذكر إن نفعت الذكرى سيذكر من يخشى ويتجنبها الأشقى الذي يصلى النار الكبرى ثم لا يموت فيها ولا يحيا قد أفلح من تزكى وذكر اسم ربه فصلى بل تؤثرون الحياة الدنيا والآخرة خير وأبقى إن هذا لفي الصحف الأولى صحف إبراهيم وموسى الله الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله الله أكبر بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم 
الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين آمين بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم هل أتاك حديث الغاشية وجوه يومئذ خاشعة عاملة ناصبة تصلى نارا حامية تسقى من عين آنية ليس لهم طعام إلا من ضريع لا يسمن ولا يغني من جوع وجوه يومئذ ناعمة لسعيها راضية في جنة عالية لا تسمع فيها لاغية فيها عين جارية فيها سرر مرفوعة وأكواب موضوعة ونمارق مصفوفة وزرابي مبثوثة أفلا ينظرون إلى الإبل كيف خلقت وإلى السماء كيف رفعت وإلى الجبال كيف نصبت وإلى الأرض كيف سطحت فذكر إنما أنت مذكر لست عليهم بمسيطر إلا من تولى وكفر فيعذبه الله العذاب الأكبر إن إلينا إيابهم ثم إن علينا حسابهم الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله 
السلام عليكم ورحمة الله استغفر الله استغفر بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين اللهم أنت السلام منك السلام تبارك تياذا الجلال والإكرام اللهم أعنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك اللهم أمت أولادنا في الإسلام نباتا حسنا وجعلهم من الأبرار والمتقين ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما اللهم اكفنا بحلالك عن حرامك وأغننا بفضلك عمن سواك اللهم علمنا ما جهلنا وذكرنا ما نسينا وزدنا علما ونعوذ بك من حال أهل النار وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين